Welcome back to Always Evolving with me, Coach Mike, Mike Bear. I'm excited to introduce you to the visionary behind Doing Things Media. They create some of the funniest internet memes online. They have an audience of roughly over 60 million followers on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And they own a library of over 100,000 of the internet's most viral videos. Today, I have the president of this company, Todd Anderman, and the visionary, Reed Haley. Reed helped build an empire and partner up with 20 plus companies. Uh, so welcome guys. Thanks, thanks for having us. So how did this, essentially you guys started off as a business that created online memes. Is that right? Yeah, so I can just kind of like talk about how I got started. Um, I was always an entrepreneur since I was 16. Um, I had a little golf cart shuttle business. I had a concert amphitheater right by my house. I would take people back, back and forth from their cars. They'd park like a mile up the street. I would take them for tips and, you know, mm. beer sometimes. Um, and I was always kind of like trying to make my own money in college as well. I had an app business that I didn't really work out, but was always trying new stuff. And so I saw uh, I was on Instagram. My friends were sending me a ton of stuff from like "fuck Jerry" and the fat Jewish, um, and I was like, "And those are big are meme. Those are big. If you could, those are huge meme accounts, right?" Well, yeah. At the time, this was six years ago. They only had like a hundred thousand followers, and I thought that was big, and uh, was like, "Damn, they're they're literally just reposting stuff that other people have made. They're not really doing anything." Um, I could do that, and I could probably do it better. Um, and and I started an account called Shithead Steve in my parents' basement um, and just started making like funny memes and stuff like that. Um, so I was making my own content. And uh, so that's kind of how it started. And then uh, a couple of years later, um, I met Derek Lucas, my co-founder. He had a page called Drunk People Doing Things. Um, and we partnered up and started doing things media. We had about 3 million followers combined at the time. And what was the, let me ask you, so you created these accounts and what was the first thing that made you money? Yeah, advertisements. So the uh, shit at Steve, I was selling ads for about a year to, uh, let's see. Yeah, about two years before I partnered up with Derek um, and he was selling t-shirts and stuff on his, uh, his stuff. And I was also selling like my own print on demand stuff. So like the, the first dollar that came through came out on merch? Uh, the first dollar was advertisement. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was probably some like janky app or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was making good money. I was making like, like my first ad, I think I, I made like a few hundred bucks. And then I started doing that multiple times a month and then moved out of my parents' basement after about a year since starting it got it and and then it started to take off and uh and then eventually it led to even you guys doing memes for hired by michael bloomberg right yeah so we uh we got hit up and, uh, about it and we were like really not sure because it's political and all that stuff but uh but we kind of like had to do it just because it had never been done before with memes in this way. And we were able to kind of poke fun at a candidate. Uh, so I, I thought it was really interesting and glad we did it, but it was, uh, it was crazy. We, I talked to probably 20 reporters, uh, the day after, cause it was just everywhere. 
Because uh, basically Michael Bloomberg wanted to make his campaign more cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like he was making, he was like down with us making fun of him basically um, just to like get people talking about him. And it worked in terms of like how many people were talking about it. It, it definitely was pretty so crazy. To put things in perspective, because there are elections coming up and what have you, and you don't need to say how much Michael Bloomberg paid for these, but how much would it cost someone to want to run a campaign with you guys on your account if they were to do it again? Are you asking politically? Sure. <laughs> we're, we it's can't a, say, yeah. Yeah, but we, we, we do campaigns of, of all different ranges. Uh, so it's not about a, a any category in particular. So we work with small advertisers who have small budgets and large advertisers who have large budgets and uh, we scale it accordingly. But like, what is the ballpark? Like, let's say, to put things in perspective, how much could someone make just off a of post who has a meme account? Uh, they can make a nice living. They can like make a nice living. Tens of thousands of posts, or is it like a few hundred still? So it, uh, it 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 all depends on the size of the audience. We have some some of our pages have uh, you know, a relatively small audience, maybe uh, you know half a million followers, which is you know, far less expensive. And we have some pages that have five, six million plus followers. So you're paying for the uh, the amount of that audience and the re and the reach. And is there anything frustrating for you as you guys have been meme evolvers in the space? Is there anything where you're like, oh, that sucked when Instagram started doing that? Uh, well, actually, Instagram has someone like they have a team now for meme accounts specifically, which is really cool. Um, and that happened in the last year uh, just because they saw like the traction with meme accounts. They, they see on the back end, you know, how many shares each of these posts are getting. And, uh, and they said meme content gets shared seven times more than any other type of content. Uh, I'll have to look up the article for that, but it, they like recognized it. And uh, so like for a while there, they just like didn't really recognize us as the same as like other people with a lot of followers, I guess. Um, but they definitely like changed their approach. And so it's been really, really good. Well, how, how did the two of you meet? So I just saw Todd post on LinkedIn uh, about uh, his work at, at Group 9. And uh, he, he had left the company and was kind of just like taking it easy. And I talked to him when he was like chilling at his pool um, and just cold outreach was like, hey, like you might be interested in what we're doing. And and he was interested. And, and what made you interested? So... Yeah, I've been in I've been in the media business for a long time and worked at uh, at, at startups. I've worked at, at traditional media companies, um, and and to me, the most important thing is always when there's a really passionate group of people that are following the content. And if the you know that that they love the content, but even more importantly, I imagine if the content wasn't there tomorrow, would people be upset? And I you know I was already following some of the uh, some of the pages that uh, that doing things was creating. Uh, but then, you know, I started following all of them. And, you know, as I was uh, sitting in my backyard, as uh, Reed describes it, I would look so forward to the next piece of content that would hit my feed because they would crack me up. And they were just, the content they were creating was just so on base. And you know how when you're going through your feed and sometimes you just see something and you're like, wow, that totally hits me. And I was getting this stuff DM to me and I saw it and I'm like, they're really onto something. They are, are, uh, you know, hitting that, not just that funny bone, but that relevance bone, right? It's just like where they can put together the simplest form of content 
of uh, you know of an image and a couple of words, and it just totally re- resonates. Uh, and then on the business side, I was just really really impressed that uh, that Reed and Derek had built this company without any investment, had built up these multiple revenue streams, had a profitable business, and I said, you know, this this looks like it's something special. And so, what are all of the different kind of assets that you all have? Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, the assets you know, are, are are brands and the talent behind the brands, right? So, we have about twenty different uh, uh, social brands that we create uh, that we have created or acquired. And while these brands were mostly born on Instagram, a lot of them have expanded not just into the social channels, but expanded into the real world. Uh, so, for example, uh, we have uh, we have uh, animals doing things, right? Which is one of the pages that was created early on. Uh, and, you know, gray page obviously expanded into Facebook and YouTube and the uh, TikTok and the social channels. Uh, but it's also now a TV show in its second season that we did a uh, a joint venture with Howie Mandel. So there's Howie Mandel's animals doing things on Nat Geo Wild. So it's great to see a, a brand take on a life like that. Uh, we have another one uh, in the pet space, uh, Doggo's doing things. Uh, also, you know, a great brand for, you know, passionate, uh, you know, pa- people who are passionate about their dogs. And we have our first coffee table book coming out called Doggo's Doing Things actually uh, next week. So, uh, you yeah, so uh, it's brands like that. Uh, no Chaser uh, is a uh, another brand of ours where we came out with our own energy drink. So the brands start expanding and taking on a, you know, a, a life that goes beyond social as well. Hey, all you true crime fans, this is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morf. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Where are you guys based out of? <laughs> Our homes. Yeah. Uh, so we had an office in Atlanta. Our lease was up in February and, and we were like, and I kind of saw what was happening. And I was like, I don't think we should renew a le- the lease because we're already remote anyways. So um, we're remote, but I'm in Atlanta. Todd's in New York. A um, bunch of people in LA and a lot of our team's moving to LA, including me uh, this fall. Have you... Um... Uh, well, I have, I have a few thoughts. But one question is, have you ever posted in dogs doing things and the dog owner is like, you don't have rights to use my dog on your page? Like, does that exist? So in the very early days of running these pages, especially, drunk, uh, well, No Chaser, it was formerly known as Drunk People Doing Things. People would send us like thousands of videos a week and still do. And so we were like, we have to figure out a way to protect ourselves and play defense with the IP, you know, cause there's people submitting videos and we want to make sure that the people submitting the videos actually have the rights. So we mm. built a system for uh, submissions for video submissions and pictures submissions. Um, so we're, we either have permission from someone or the filmer and the owner of the content submitted it over and signed over the rights to us. And in exchange, we're shouting them out and growing their audience. Um, and then we're also doing revenue shares uh, with with videos we're doing outreach for. It's pretty fascinating that you start in your parents' basement 
And then now you're partnering with Howie Mandel. You're writing a book. And and where do you eventually, what's your vision? Yeah, um, I think continuing to start new things uh, whenever we can think of them. What our our newest show, original show, is called All Gas No Breaks, and it's absolutely exploding. Like it's definitely the the most like the fastest growing thing we've ever launched. Um, Andrew's the host, Andrew Callahan. He's like an incredible talent. Um, we bought him an RV, and he's traveling around the country with the team, filming uh, you know interviews and stuff like that. So. Um, that's definitely like the future of the show. We actually, we landed a development deal for TV or, or a streaming, uh, service with, uh, Tim and Eric, um, from Adult Swim. So, so that's really exciting. And we have some other, uh, celeb, another celeb, like huge one that's really interested. Um, can't say his name, but, uh, that's going to be, you know, maybe on Netflix or HBO. Um, and it's kind of like, Borat, except Andrew is not going out and being crazy. He's just like keeping a straight face and like asking people what's up, and and they, he just lets them go, and it's it's really fun to watch. Is there is there a lot of competition in the meme space? Yeah, I'd say there's a lot of meme accounts, but we're really tight with all the ones that matter, uh, just because we kind of came up with uh, with them or before them, and like helped them out with growth. Like we used to be in, you know, shout out rotations with them. Um, so it's definitely, there's a ton of meme accounts out there, but I'd say we're, we're like the biggest and have the, you know, all the relationships with all of the ones we don't own. So what, what do you think is the key of, to why your meme accounts took off? Like what was your recipe that you think? Cause everyone, I mean, to some degree, everyone goes, I'm funny. I can create a, I can tell you right now when I put up a meme, it does nothing. Okay. Like no one cares. Literally I have to take on my shirt practically being a speedo and jumping a pool while doing the Macarena. And then suddenly people will be sharing it. Right. But I can't figure out the algorithm to save my life. Like it doesn't, aren't there a lot of people that think they're funny and they just can't pull it off? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I was always the class clown and like, I knew that I could make people laugh. So, and I thought that I had a good taste in comedy. Like, so if I'm not making every single post, I would, you know, if I'd see something out there that's really funny, I would know that that's the one, like that one's going to kill it and then repost it with credit to whoever made it. Um, so that's how I started Shit at Steve and it's still run that way. Like we're creating original content, but also finding the funniest stuff out there. Um, so it's like the best of both worlds. What was one that, what was one that bombed for you where you were like, this is a hit, this one is going to be the best. And then you were like, oh gosh, it just didn't, what, what would be an example? Of something I thought would do well that didn't. That you thought was going to crush it. Um, yeah, I used to, like, I don't make as much uh, content because I'm just, like, running the company and have a ton on my plate. But, like, back when I was, it was just me and I was making content every day for Shithead Steve, like, I would definitely go through dry spells or, like, I just was flopping. You know, like, comedians, I love hearing about comedians talk about how they would go up on stage and just, like, completely eat shit and, like, no one's laughing. And I think that's kind of like self-deprecating and funny in a way in itself. It's like, that was the worst meme. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Move on. But, but yeah, I definitely had a lot of those moments. And have you done stand up before? No, I definitely like would like to just get drunk and try it one time, <laughs> like out with <laughs> friends and just like 
eat, try to eat shit and maybe I could be funny, but I haven't done it yet. Well, um, so what, what for you, Todd is kind of your vision moving forward. Like where do you see yourselves in five years as president of the company? Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's a great question. I mean, we're, we're just continuing to, to scale the business, right? So the, as, as we look at all of our brands, the, the filter we have on everything is that it makes you laugh, right? And Reed and the rest of the team are so funny. Uh, so we look at our existing 20 brands and we think about how we can keep growing uh, those audiences and keeping those audiences engaged on all the platforms. But we, we also look at how uh, each of those brands uh, can build up its own different revenue streams. Um, and then, and I'll, I'll come back to that, but the, uh, the other part is we also look to, uh, you know, other creators in the community, um, and think about the platform that we've created and what other brands might, might we bring on board as part of doing things. And, you know, a couple of examples that, uh, you know, Reed and Derek, well, well before, uh, we got connected, uh, they saw a couple of brands that they just loved and loved the voice and the comedy and the talent behind them. And they acquired them. So two of the ones, or a couple of the ones that we acquired were Middle Class Fancy, uh, and uh, you know the creator behind that is now part of our our team, uh, and Doggo's doing things with uh, with John Truly. Uh, so they have a great eye for talent to bring into the team and uh, expand those voices. Uh, and then for each of the brands, you know we start thinking of all of the different revenue streams, right? So there's the branded content that we do with that we do with partners. There's e-commerce, right? and we'd mentioned some of the products that we're selling, but you know, we're selling product every single day that is really, really funny, that uh, resonates with each of the individual audiences. Uh, the best way, you know, the way, the way I like to describe some of the uh, gag gifts and funny products that we sell is it's kind of like uh, the, you know, there's this, the store Spencer's in the mall. Yeah, oh my, you read my mind. The, yeah. Were you a big fan? You're a fan of Spencer's? Yeah, like the, I remember they had like what was it like the snail book or the poop books, and they had like oh my god, I remember there was one with like snails eating snails, and they just that's where you went for like a funny card, like back in the day, like yep. you were like I'm not going to Hallmark, I'm going to Spencer's, and I'm gonna get my lava lamp while I'm there. Yes, absolutely, and fluorescent posters in the back. A Bob so Marley, right? Yep. So that that that's you know it, we are more of the uh, 2020 social media version of that with the the products that uh, that we're selling, um, and then you know as more and more consumers are in the audience is getting involved as as Reed mentioned they're sending us their content and then we have a licensing business to license uh, the content out as well. So we look at at each of the brands our our brands and uh, you know continuing to grow and engage that audience, but think of all the different businesses we can get into with each of them. And do you find it's ever hard in terms of when you want to partner because of what you guys do is not, well, first of all, it's like, I would say younger generation gets it more than an older generation and they understand the value of it. You clearly do. I mean, I'm 40. I don't know how old you are. Um, but do you find that ever like pitching it with partners or like they don't fully get it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's definitely an education that has to happen, but when we, when you actually look at the numbers and you see that there's 60 million people that are following us, this is a real thing. Uh, and you look at how people are communicating today, you know, it's a very, people love communicating in a visual way. And Reed mentioned before, 
um, just it, in terms of what people are DMing to each other. And I would, I would ask, you know, Mike, you go look at, in Instagram at the past 10 DMs. I bet a few of those are memes that your friends were sending to you or you were sending mm. to, to a friend group. Um, so th- this is how people are communicating today. And it's how people are engaging with content today. So yeah, there are some partners that uh, you know, are, you know, haven't really understood the medium and what it can mean for them. And that's part of our job is to evangelize, uh, evangelize it for them. The book comes out, Doggo's Doing Thing comes out what? July what? 28th. So this book, because it's going to, this, this episode will drop uh, the week the book comes out. So if you're listening, go buy this book for someone. But you guys tell me why they need to go send this book to someone, especially during this period of time. Because it seems like a funny, entertaining book while everyone's in this coronavirus and isolated and everything going on. So tell me why they need to buy this as a gift for someone. Yeah, um, it's definitely like a different take on like the, the classic uh, dog photo with a joke humor. Um, it's like so John Truly, uh, the creator of Doggo's doing things. He's I consider him the funniest person I've ever met or, you know, see on the internet um and it's like it's hard to explain but the the pictures are are funny and really cute but then the captions that he puts on there are just like it doesn't sound like a typical you know like dog person made the captions he he loves dogs but like it's just like it's hilarious and your grandma might not get it um but but like people our age definitely understand and it's it's like that meme humor mixed with the dog humor. It's almost taking different breeds of dogs and they have starring roles really in this, in this dog goes doing things. And then with those different breeds and the different um, colors and what have you, you, you put what's called, it's basically a meme in a book. So it's a great, gift to someone who's looking to cheer them up especially people who love animals right yeah yeah and it's like he created his own language like the the doggo language it's like what you would imagine a dog is thinking uh whatever the situation is with the picture so it's like a dog with its hand or its paw on a cake or something and like john has this doggo like language that's just hilarious so because a lot of uh, the people who listen, believe it or not, like if I post something of a dog on Facebook, it can get shared like 500 times, literally, or a thousand times or what have you. Because a lot of our audience and on Facebook is actually the platform where a lot of my demographic live. So mm-hmm. they love dogs. So they want to buy this dog, doggos doing things. And so really, they want to buy this book to cheer someone up. And that they could, uh, it sounds like someone who's a grandma would get the jokes because it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It might just take him a second. My grandparents were like trying to understand the, they're like trying to read it all. And like, I could just see him trying to take it in and understand it. Uh, but like someone a little bit younger definitely would get it. It's just like a different take on on the typical dog humor. But the pictures are amazing. The, the memes the, the text is hilarious and it's like definitely one of those coffee table reads that that'll just make your day a lot better. So Todd, why do you love doggos doing things? Why do I love doggos doing things? Well, I, uh, I love dogs. I'm an owner of, uh, of, uh, two, two, uh, two cute pugs as well. Um, it, 
Because it it actually it takes what we do on Doggo's doing things and you know as a social media account and actually puts it into a very digestible coffee table book. And I think that that's that 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 is the emphasis there. You don't have to sit this in, sit down and read this in one sitting. It's you know you could flip through. It's a series of memes of these dogs that uh, you know you could read a, you know, a couple at a time and get it, get a uh, great laugh. But uh, I think it, it, it goes back to the North star that we have for, for everything. You can't help but look at this book and smile. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't help but laugh a little bit. And that's, again, we always go back to everything that we do, the filter for that. It has to make you laugh. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on, always evolving, educating us. It sounds like you guys are building an incredible business, doing some exciting, fun things. It goes to show that if you just start with what you're passionate about, uh, what's entertaining to you and what you love, that you can create something that no one else has created before. And so you guys really march to your own beat and trailblaze your own path. And I think that's really badass. So I really appreciate you guys coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having us Thank on. Thank you. Thanks for having All right. us. Well, guys, um, to check out their new book, Doggo's Doing Things. Uh, for a good laugh and until next time you can join my facebook group on tuesdays free self-help empowerment group 5 p.m pacific time click to subscribe and follow these guys so until next time thanks guys